Why does someone decide to go into triple board residency program? How do you promote wellness and balance during a five-year residency program? What's the difference between West Coast swing dancing and the jerk and pull swing dancing found in Utah? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Dr. Powell, a second-year psychiatry resident and triple boarder here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I have a, a repeat guest back here, Dr. Powell. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. And you are in your second year of residency. Yes. All right. And you were on the podcast about two years ago, yes, give or take. Yeah, third or fourth year. Fourth year? Anyway. All right. Med school. <laughs> so when you graduated, what did you go into? I went into a combined residency program at the University of Utah. Uh, the three programs that it combines is pediatric medicine, adult psychiatry, and child psychiatry. And just to give you per- some perspective, in the country there are nine of those programs versus the... 900 pediatric programs I could have chosen mm-hmm. from if I had just gone into pediatrics. A lot of pediatricians. Yes. A lot of pediatricians. Okay. And why did you want to do the triple board program? What attracted to it, what attracted it to you originally? So when I was on the wards during my uh, third year of medical school, um, when I started medical school, I actually had written off psychiatry and pediatrics. I thought I was going to go into family medicine, maybe some geriatric medicine. And then as I'm getting on the wards, I just got more and more excited about kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on the pediatric wards. I'm enjoying talking to kids. I'm enjoying talking to teenagers. Um, and kind of keyword talking there. Uh, I like the medicine, but something felt like it was missing. And then when I did my rotation on uh, child psychiatry, I realized I really like this, but I don't want to leave out this medicine piece. Mm-hmm. I like these medically complicated kids. I like these kiddos who have a lot going on and they uh, need somebody who can really dig in there with them um, and work on their medical and psychiatric problems. And so that's why I decided on the combined program. Was it daunting to think that you needed to be like do three programs in one? Or was that kind of exciting? Or um, It was, I think, kind of like the decision to go to med school and then the residency, you don't want to think about it too hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Otherwise you can get into your head and kind of talk yourself out of it. I do get a lot of, um, from attendings and other residents and other programs. Wow. You're going to do three at one. And it, but for me, it just makes so much sense that they just naturally fit together Mm -hmm. right now. I'm on, uh, child psychiatry rotations, but I'm at the children's hospital. And so thinking back to when I was walking around as a pediatric intern at the children's hospital, and the things I was thinking and, and what I was concerned about and how I was getting things done, I can see the growth in a year. And it's so fun to now on the psychiatry side be supporting the medical teams. Mm-hmm. And I know what the medical teams need and then the way they need it because I, I was there that just last year. So I want to talk about the jump. Like I have a theory, and you can agree or disagree, that the jump from undergrad to med school is pretty big. Mm-hmm. But I feel personally that the jump from med school to intern year is huge. I would agree. So I'm curious, what, what was your experience yeah. for your intern year? Yeah. What did that look like? Was it the, how, how hard was it? Mm-hmm. How stressful was it? Mm-hmm. So I, I remember wrapping up fourth year. I did everything that I at least thought would be important to kind of wrap up and make my intern year easiest as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
ended up staying um, here at University of Utah. I was a medical student here, so I was lucky enough I could stay in my apartment. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a nice big vacation at the end of fourth year, went out of the country. Where'd you go? I went to uh, Oaxaca, Mexico. Okay. Um, and I'm probably butchering that name still. I was kind of I just love saying the word Oaxaca. Oaxaca, yeah. 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 I yeah. always, yeah. even when yeah. I was there for yeah. a month, I was yeah. still saying it wrong. Yeah. But I went there and I did something totally unmedicine related and loved my time. I'd never been to Mexico for an extended trip like that. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just a lot of time kind of like, okay, here we go. Once intern year did start, I think going in, just knowing it's going to be hard, just expecting the hours to be long, Mm -hmm. just setting your expectations in a place that you're not going to be disappointed. Um, because I can't change the time, the weeks I worked 80 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, what I can do is, um, uh, take care of myself on my days off and not get too down on myself and just be okay with the learning curve that I'm in. I actually, I felt like I was putting more pressure on myself in retrospect than everyone around me was because Mm. I was an intern. I was a new intern. It was July and everyone in the hospital, in the teaching hospital knows that's when the new interns come. Um, And so in retrospect, I actually could have asked for help a couple more times, even for things that I thought was really simple. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard, but you kind of just get down and you do it. Um, that, that was the biggest thing when I asked for help and then people would respond. It was, it was, it was lovely because then you just, you felt supported and you knew where you could go for help. Did you feel your tactic of trying to take a lot of intense fourth year electives? Did that help you or it was just tough to say? So I, I actually stacked all my intense fourth year electives at the beginning of okay. my fourth year. Um, all the required and um, electives that I had chosen. And then I had a few earlier in the spring and fourth year. Um, and initially starting fourth year, like my plan was to kind of work right up really mm-hmm. hard right up until intern year. Um, and then I changed my tactic um, personally, because I just realized I was going to be very burnt out in med school. And if I just rolled straight in from hard things from fourth year to, 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 um, intern year, I wasn't going to have the energy reserve I needed to get through that year. And that's why we needed the fish tacos in Oaxaca. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was there. I was lovely. It was absolutely yeah. lovely. All right. So intern year, what, what were your first, so this is the entire year is pediatric, yes. right? So you're essentially a pediatric intern. Yes. What does that look like exactly? Like what, what, what type, what kind of teens rotations did you start? Uh-huh. And you know, what time were you getting to the hospital and, and, and how was this different than being a med student? So I, my first two weeks as an intern were actually on night float. So mm-hmm. I was arriving at 5 PM and leaving at six or seven PM or six or seven AM the next morning. So for the first two weeks, that was, um, quite a jump, um, because already you're transitioning your sleep schedule and now you're trying to learn this hospital system as an intern mm-hmm. and you're doing it on nights where things are closed, things are closed. Yeah. Um, 
There's a lot of pain. So what does a night float? What does a night float look like? Yeah, so I was on what's called the hospitalist team, so the general medical teams in the hospital. So kiddos who don't necessarily need to be admitted to a subspecialty team like gastroenterology or cardiology instead are admitted to hospitalist teams. So kids are coming in with with pneumonia or um, maybe uh, babies with some weight loss that's unexplained. Um, Just very general kind of bread and butter pediatric things that would be admitted to the hospital, and it just happens to be that these kids showed up at night so mm-hmm. i'm the one admitting them with the help of my senior resident okay i was about to say you weren't alone did you no. have a buddy to kind of yeah so there was a couple interns and then um at the kind of the top of the pyramid there was a senior resident that's overseeing these different interns um and then i don't believe that first two weeks we had medical students around um but then like the weeks next that i switched over to then that's when the medical students started coming because then they were coming for the beginning of their third year mm-hmm. for their clerkships and then we also had our sub eyes for our for their fourth year showing up okay. uh, later in july as well and were you supervising the med students uh not initially but okay. by the end of intern year um i was the second half of intern year i was taking more leadership at least with the the sub interns the third year medical students were still um supervised by the senior residents but as an intern um i was given responsibility with some of the sub eyes mm-hmm. um because that's what they are they're sub interns they're kind of be expected to be functioning at my level so it's best to pair them up with a more experienced intern and would you say as an intern you just had a lot more responsibility and a lot more uh, duties compared to a med student yeah i remember occasionally as a med student i remember looking at my interns or even my seniors and i'm like oh i feel like they're ignoring me and then once i was on the intern side i realized like we're not if we're ignoring you it's not on purpose we have one million things to do Mm -hmm. but only one of the one million is something that you can actually help with because the rest of them need that like md signature or whatever it is um Mm -hmm. pass off to 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 make it happen um so yeah that was also part of a learning curve is is not only learning how to be an intern but learning how to now supervise medical students when Mm -hmm. i was just one a year before um but i think by the intern the end of intern year you know you have your feet under you enough and you're able to start um, especially if you have a medical student that shows up and is enthusiastic and wants to learn and help, even if it's not something that they're interested in, but they're still like, nope, I'm here to work and learn. Mm-hmm. Those are the those are the best students to rope into the team flow. That's awesome. And did you get to pick what you did during your intern year, or did they just kind of tell you? Somewhat. Um, okay. The categorical pediatric residents, so um, those who are just doing a regular three-year med- uh, pediatric program and not the combined program I'm in, they have a little bit more flexibility during their intern year than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did get to choose, I did get to choose a couple different four-week electives. Um, I chose endocrinology. There's a lot, especially with kiddos with diabetes, that's a chronic la- lifelong illness. There's some overlap there with um, behavioral health and psychiatric care. So I wanted to see the medicine side of what those kiddos are experiencing. Um, I also uh, chose gastroenterology um, outpatient mm-hmm. for four weeks. So a lot of um, what we would call functional abdominal pain, kiddos who are really anxious and maybe have other psychiatric issues, and they end up not in a psychiatrist's office but a gastroenterologist's office because their present- presenting symptom has to do mm-hmm. with their stomach. The mind-gut link. Yeah, yeah. it's really it's and really powerful. So I wanted to see what is the workup, what, what does it look like when these kids do get sent to these specialists, um, and then also th- those who do have again, lifelong chronic illnesses that they will see a gastroenterologist for the rest of their life and whether they have um, pre-morbid or comorbid psychiatric disease, um, just kind of seeing what does it look like and how is it taken care of in these subspecialty offices. So Mm -hmm. those were a couple of my choices that I had in addition to the work on the hospitalist teams. 
And then did you have a clinic, an outpatient clinic? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I have a, um, it's called my pediatric continuity clinic. It's a half day, once a week. Um, and this is something that I'll do for my entire residency. Um, and uh, it's general pediatrics, so uh, ages, you know, newborn to 18. Um, and it's sick visits. You know, I have the cold. I have a cold. Is it pneumonia? And, you know, I my, my belly hurts. Is it something with my belly or is it something, mm-hmm. you know, anxiety-wise? Um, see, I see teenagers for mood checkups. I see newborns. Um, that I met when I was in the Well Baby Nursery as an intern. The Wibbon. The Wibbon. Yeah. And they, we hit it off, the, myself and the parents, and since they were planning on coming to the clinic I was already working at, they chose me as their primary care provider, their PCP. And so now I have actually have a couple of kids that I've followed for every one of their well child checks from since mm-hmm. they were born until now they all just turned a year old a couple months ago so that's pretty so even if you're on a child psych rotation you still have your pediatric continuity clinic yes. one day a week an yes. afternoon a week that's yeah. pretty cool yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's really it's, it's a fun break especially um, you know some days are hard on psychiatry so then it's a it's a brain break to like okay I'm going to go do some well child checks I'm going to see some of my 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 healthy kiddos or even just do some quick sick visits and remind myself what a cough and a cold looks like and what looks sick and not not sick in a, in a child. And then um, uh, vice versa, in a few years, I'll actually start my kind of a continuity clinic for psychiatry as well. Mm-hmm. So then I'll be doing that in addition to my, to my peds continuity clinic. And so then I'll be doing both of those no matter um, if I'm on the psych side of rotations or the pediatric side. And going back to this combined program, so... Like, if, if it's five years, mm-hmm. how do you split up the three different specialties within the five years? So there's 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 an official document from the, the accrediting board mm-hmm. nationally for these programs. And, it, you know, it's this percentage and this percentage of my time in pediatrics, this percentage of my time in child psychiatry, and this per- percentage of my time in adult psychiatry. I forget the exact percentages, um, but what each program has done is crafted what they feel is the ideal schedule for... Um, getting exposure in a good order of now you're able to build your skills. So even though I'm switching from pediatrics to child psychiatry, I'm using my skills as a pediatrician, but now applying it in my child psychiatry rotations. And then progressively, just like with any residency program, you kind of do harder and harder things as you go along. And they've also, they've kind of woven that through all three programs. Okay. Um, So it's very integrated. Yes. Okay. So you mentioned my intern year. That was entirely... Pediatrics, and that's for a couple of reasons. Um, the way the U has chosen to do that is um, they want us to be able to get to know our pediatric cohort mm-hmm. um, that is going to be here for three years and will graduate um, after three years. Um, and then I'll be staying on for another two years. So they want us to have that kind of home base in pediatrics and feel like we belong there, um, especially since there'll be two no- turnover when by the time we're seniors. Um, and also, I think, and I'm happy for this, is that pediatric intern year is intense there's a lot of hours there's a lot of kids and then at the program them here it's high volume so you are mm-hmm. seeing a lot of kids very rapidly a lot of kids just, in utah I've there's a lot, a lot of kids, kids in utah. utah yeah and um so i think i just it teaches you not only good medicine as a pediatric intern but just how to be a resident mm-hmm. like it's very like here's this time intensive thing of like how to be a resident so then it when I make that switch, the first switch I made was to adult psychiatry my second year. So July of my second year, I'm on adult psychiatry 
for the first time. And I'm the equivalent of a psychiatry intern, mm-hmm. but in, in that I'm new to adult psychiatry. But as far as my workflow and my and getting a, knowing the logistics and being able to get things done, I'm a second year resident. And so it's kind of fun because attendings of realize, uh, you know, they, you show up and they're like, oh, I have one of the newbies. And they're like, oh, I have the second year newbie. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I have the triple border. Yes, yeah. Right. So it's kind of, it's, it's one of the, um, there's a couple of different switches that we make. And then when we show up and everyone's happy to see us because we're mm-hmm. there and we're going to, and we're going to work hard and we already kind of know how the hospital works. Yeah. Um, how do you find balance? How, how do you find your wellness during intern year? How'd you do that? So, um, cause I get the sense 60 to 80 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. So maybe one day off, one day off. It's um, usually not the weekend. It's usually like a, or it is the weekend. I don't no, know. it's so, so it's like a random it's Friday. It's usually like a random weekday. So like, the, 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 the blocks that I was working six days a week, um, it was usually not a weekend that I got off. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a weekday. And then occasionally when I was on outpatient rotations, I'd get um, uh, one day or both days of the weekend off. And so mm-hmm. um, when you got two days off on a weekend, it was like, wow, this is what a normal yeah, weekend yeah. is. Yeah, what like, is this what feeling is this? I have? Yeah. Yes, yeah. And um, uh, but so I looked at my schedule at the beginning of intern year and I realized that a lot of my inpatient rotations were over winter um, break. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like the winter season, I should say. And I realized, I'm like, you know what? I do like uh, being in the mountains. I know how to snowboard, but I want to learn how to ski. I've been here for four years, and this is now my fifth winter here. I want to learn how to ski. And it was, I would say, a little bit of an ambitious goal for an intern to be like, I'm going to learn how to ski during intern year. Mm -hmm. But once I realized some of my days off were during the week, I knew there'd be less crowds, less traffic, and the mountains are already so accessible. So I say that relatively like there's actually you know not that much of a um uh time to get to the mountains here to go skiing uh but i bought a pass and i was skiing on i would say most of my days off even if it was only for an hour or two because the rest of the time i wanted to sleep in or get some groceries Mm -hmm. or anything like that but just to get outside and experience something new um and so i prioritized that i really like dancing i'm a west coast swing dancer and during med school i was doing it competitively and i realized you know what like i want to try something new and so i kind of put that on the back burner for a year Mm -hmm. um and it was a conscious choice because i wanted to i knew i wasn't gonna have time for both and since west coast swing dancing most of the dances happen late at night and i was going to be on a regular schedule of getting up really early that's kind of why I chose to like, okay, now I'm going to like maximize my daytime hours and I'm going to maximize them outside since I'm going to be in the hospital most of the time. So I just, I switched. That's how I found the balance. That's that beautiful. Year. What is West Coast swing dancing? Yeah, it's a type of swing. Um, there's okay. actually most people, when people think of swing, at least in this area, they like think of kind of what I call as the, the like Utah jerk and pull. Cause it's actually just like this, like really. Is that um, like where like, you, in front businesses with those big inflatable people no. that like blows <laughs> the air and goes like that. No, it's no. Uh, lead and a follow, holding okay. hands, and you're, it's like a partner dance. Jerk and pull. I call it the jerk and pull. That's a little. It's this colloquial. It's actually like most people just call it country swing. Okay. Um, but uh, West Coast swing is actually the nickname is like the ballroom of swing because it's okay. such a smooth swing. Is there an East Coast swing? There is an East Coast swing. That's okay. the one that most people know of. It's like kind of like more like Lindy Hop, like you're like really upbeat or like the Jitterbug. Those okay. are all closely related. Okay. It's a lot more, there is swinging involved, but it's a lot more like up on your toes and fast. Whereas West Coast Swing is you're actually flat-footed and going really smoothly through the And you, did a comp- you do competitions. Uh, I haven't recently. And I, again, like I did a lot during medical school. 
um, because I would get weekends off regularly, and that's mm-hmm. when the competitions are held. Um, and but as at an intern year, I you know I was like you know what switching gears, I'm not going to mm-hmm. be able to compete this year, so let me like focus on a different hobby, something that I can do during daylight hours and not have to stay up late for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, during second year, um, I have uh, gone to a competition or two, not with the hopes of winning anything, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I felt horribly on my face because I had, I was out of practice, but it was fun being there with my friends and reconnecting with my friends who I hadn't seen for a while. That's wonderful. I had no idea you did that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, as you know, your second year in, any wavering, any doubts, like like oh, like I really like pediatrics. Maybe I'll just switch and be a categorical pediatrician. It's usually. Um, do, you, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, no, and it's because it's, it's a long program. It's, it's a five long years. program. I might I'm have sure more, you did great on your pediatrics. I yeah. might have more feelings like that, especially at the end of my third year, as I see my pediatric cohort graduating and either mm-hmm. moving on to being an attending in a general pediatric um, office or moving on to fellowship. Um, I think it on my good days, which I would count today as a good day, um, I f- feel perfectly happy and content and I don't feel rushed that I have to make my next career decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy just being in this space where my job is to just learn. Mm-hmm. And also I get to choose... Um, some rotations and things of things that I know that m- I might never see again. So I see it as a privilege to like learn and understand these different patient populations. And so it's just cool to be in that space because um, once you're out of residency and fellowship, that changes. You know, you pick, you know, you're here. You're, this is your specialty. This is what you're doing a little bit. Um, I definitely on days where it's been long hours or I've had a really frustrating day. I, I definitely am not immune to the thought of well. I could actually, you know, quit a year early and I'd already be, I'd still be done with pediatrics and adult psych. Mm-hmm. And then I could just like do one of those. Yeah. Not necessarily combine them yet because I wouldn't have the child psych finished. Um, but yeah, I have thoughts like that. And then, and then I have another good day and I'm okay with it. Okay. So it's like, as long as a good day is outnumbered the bad. Yeah. You're, you're on the right track. Yeah. 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 And I mean, sometimes, and I, I've known there's people been in my program who made the decision. You're like, no, what? actually this isn't for me and I have to make a switch. Mm-hmm. And it's hard and you know and med school i thought it was impossible in med school i didn't think that was even a thing Mm -hmm. um but i've realized you know what if that does need to happen you can make it happen it's difficult you might be behind you might be starting over i've I've known some there's a couple of people that i've known from my program that they finished their program and then they restarted as an intern in another program just because they're like you know what i got to do what's going to be best for me and what i want and what my goals are and i realized the first choice i made wasn't the best one um that's it's not common, but it's not uncommon, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, people don't realize that from the outside, that there is some switching there is. that can happen within residency programs. It takes a lot of work. It does. Um, br- bridges might be burned a little, uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think for a lot of students, um, they think that the residency is going to be like X, and then they do the residency, start doing the residency, mm-hmm. and it turns out to be more like Y. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, you know, this is not what I envisioned for myself. Mm-hmm. And so people sometimes can switch residency programs. Mm-hmm. People graduate residency programs, go out and practice, and then they get uh, they get disillusioned or they want to do something else. And mm-hmm. they can you can do two residency programs. You yes, a you lot can. of people like my age who are thinking about, oh, going back and mm-hmm. doing another residency program. Mm-hmm. So to each his or her own. Yeah. Occasionally, also on my bad days, in addition to just thinking like, okay, I can be done at this point in my residency and that'll be I'll have enough qualifications to work. Um, I also have the thought of, oh, maybe I'll just go back to undergrad and do something totally different. 
<laughs> but that's <laughs> yes. <laughs> go, you might have to eat a lot of money. That's yes. silly. Yeah, the debt thing. Let's yeah. let's yeah. pay off my debt first. Yeah, yeah. That, that's when I start calculating how many how many years do I have to work as a doctor to how pay off my years debt, and then <laughs> would I have to yes as not a doctor? Yes. All right. So Rebecca, like, where do you see yourself practicing? Where because I, I I know you're from Southern Utah. Yeah. So do you, do you see yourself? Ending up down there, or where, like, what are your current thoughts? There's a chance. Um, I, as a medic, as a uh, undergrad, I did a lot of volunteer work in the Four Corners area of Utah, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, um, and I'm from St. George, uh, the opposite end of Southern Utah. Um, so I just like that area, and I like that space. I like that desert landscape, and, um, and that's where a lot of my family is. And then as a medical student, I spent more time down there um, in the Four Corners area for six weeks during my family medicine rotation Mm -hmm. and loved it again. And actually, just this week, I am working with the schedulers on the adult psychiatry side to see how many weeks I can get down to the Four Corners area again for a psychiatry resident or rotation. So I keep being drawn to that area um, and making connections and networking down there. So I think that is a possibility I could end up there for at least. What what is it about uh, Southern Utah that like excites you? Like, Initially, what attracts you to it? Initially it's like, I do have family there. And so like that, that like special piece of like spending time um, there with with my grandparents in the summers Mm -hmm. um, is always fond memories. But I also, it's just a beautiful area, um, and I like kind of, I think I'm more of a small-town girl. Like, I like the pace down there. Um, it's, I think I already said this. I'm going to say it again. It's a beautiful country, and I can just see myself working really hard during the week and then every weekend just having, um, enjoying going camping and being outside. Mm-hmm. Um, cost of living is would be fantastic. And there's a huge need because I remember when when I'm on service, we get a lot of children, teenagers from Southern Utah, and it's you know we can treat them up here in Salt Lake, mm-hmm. but like for aftercare follow, yeah, it's there's like, not that go to? lot of there's not a lot of providers yeah. in Southern Utah. So. And generally, and at least for on the psychiatry side and the child psychiatry side in the state of Utah, there's only two counties that have the, enough child psychiatrists per capita. Mm-hmm. Um, one is Salt Lake. Yeah. You know, we have an academic center here. There's a lot of um, residents and, and attendings that are child psychiatrists. And the other one is Washington County, which is St. George, Utah, where mm-hmm. I'm from. And the only reason they have enough down there is because they have one child psychiatrist in that entire area. Um, so it would also be interesting um, for me because uh, there is a small part of me that I'm like, you know what, it would be cool to take care of some adults in psychiatric in a psychiatric capacity, I have like you know some percentage of my practice doing that, and um, in Four Corners, Southern Southeastern Utah, since it's very limited, I would have, I would kind of be able to like write my own ticket as far as this is how many kids I want to see, this is how many adults I want to see, because um, I would be um, not it, but I would be one of the few mm-hmm. who could provide the kind of services that, that they need in that area that are that are that are desperately needed. You'll probably and you'll, like what I've seen is. You might, you'll probably have like a really busy like inpatient, outpatient consult. You'll probably do a yeah. lot of different things. Yeah, I think I yeah. could wear a lot of different yeah. hats, which yeah. is kind of what's fun about residency so far. And I haven't, uh, all the switches I've made between the three programs, inpatient and outpatient, pediatrics, adult and child psychiatry, nothing's really stood out. It's like, this is the one that I absolutely love. I just kind of like it all. Mm-hmm. And that would be, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm drawn to that area is I could see myself 
wearing a lot of different hats down there and enjoying it. And maybe eventually I'll kind of narrow it down to one. Um, but early on in my career, I see myself being very happy, kind of, kind of blazing the trail and then, you know, getting other, um, people down there, whether it's doctors or PAs or NPs and just kind of building what they already have down there and like, just, just making it grow. Yeah. It sounds like building a really good infrastructure. Yeah. yeah. This is wonderful. It's beautiful. All right. I guess last question, uh, Rebecca, any advice? I love this question. When you, like, if you can go like anyone who's listening, who mm-hmm. Might think they can't do it or is thinking about, a, you know, they, they love this idea about triple board mm-hmm. and they're not sure if they can do it. If they're not sure they can go on to med school or residency, what would you tell them? What advice would you give them? I would tell them that at least explore it. And that mm-hmm. means different things for different levels. Uh, for me as a pre-med, I was actually a finance major. And when I decided, you know what, maybe I want to go into medicine. Uh, I was a junior in my business program. Um, so I went and found the office at my undergrad that was known for helping kids get into medical school. And I said, what should I start doing? And they said, take this seminar, meet these doctors, come Mm -hmm. listen to these guest speakers, start volunteering here, see if you even like it, you know, expose yourself to it. So I started volunteering in in different hospitals just to get exposure to be like, okay, I like the idea, but do I actually like being there on in the space? Mm -hmm. And I did. Um, And then the same with, Medical school, um, like I said, I at first I didn't think I was going to do kids or psychiatry, but once I was exposed on the clerkships, um, I realized I really did like it. And also, there was a lot of pressure, I feel like, during first and second year of med school to be like, to like already know what you want to do, because then you can go join that student interest group. Yeah. If you don't know what you want to do, if you have a slight interest in something, go join that student interest group. Go mm-hmm. listen to that guest speaker. Um, go get that free meal, yeah. <laughs> which is, the best, part that of is that. the best part of med school. Yeah. Um, All the free food. Just to hear and yeah. listen and like ask questions um, and then just really take advantage of um, any time that you have assigned clinical duties anywhere, whether it's a clerkship or a different class or something like that. Just really understand like, OK, this is a specialty I'm going to go see. This is what I'm seeing. Is it this inpatient or outpatient? Is it community based? Is it hospital based? Just really pay attention because something might grab your attention that surprises you. So allowing yourself to be exposed Mm -hmm. and being open to something that does grab you. And then when it does, just um, start asking around like, hey, who do I talk to about this? Because that's what the reason that the uh, doctors and residents and people that work here work here is because they that's they like part of that teaching and that mentoring environment. That's just part of it and so being able to after you find kind of an interest even if it's just a slight interest you can just ask mm-hmm. start asking rebecca i'm so glad you're here i'm gonna have you come back because i want you to come back every year to give like little <laughs> updates and I, i'm, I'm kind of even though i totally yeah southern utah totally need you i kind of hope you like stay in practice here and join us i, I so, might yeah, i might yeah. I, I also i really salt even though i said it in small town I, salt lake's really grown on me so there also is a part of me that might stay here mm-hmm. but i have I'm in my second year, so I have exactly three and a half years, not that I'm counting, mm-hmm. left before okay. I have to graduate. Make that, decision. Make that decision about where you're going to practice. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, Dr. Chan. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.